And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day, in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. Tonight, as we're studying this passage, I want us to see the compassion of God. God told through the Old Testament, I'm going to send a Messiah. And yet what I want you to notice is, you know, it'd be very easy to say, I told you, you should have been looking. Why didn't you know that he was here? And yet, what does he do? Luke writes for us and tells us the story and specifically wants us to see very clearly, here's how you can know Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Isn't that really what we want people to know? The Jewish people are still looking for the Messiah. But it's not because they weren't given all the information they needed to where you could literally see there's only one person ever lived who could meet all the qualifications and all the descriptions of the Messiah. That's Jesus Christ. And so tonight as we look at this passage, as we study it together, I hope you'll look for that. We're going to look at the first 20 verses tonight. If you were looking at the commentary, you would have seen that Mr. Wearsby, Dr. Wearsby said... This first section, we're going to look at the newborn baby. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, we read this. Then said the Lord unto me, 
Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. This is what God is saying. If we could put it into common language today. God says, I am watching over my word to perform it. You know what he's telling us? What God has said will take place. He said, I'm watching over everything that I've said, and you can be certain there's nothing that I've ever said that will not be followed through with. We don't have to fear what we read in the scriptures and wonder, will this come true? God says, I'm watching over what I have said, and I will perform it. So let's first of all look at the newborn baby. The first study question that I had given you last week to ask your thoughts on, I said, list the facts you can know about Mary and Joseph from the first seven verses. Who would like to just, some ideas. Okay, Luke? They were in the lineage of David. They were in the lineage of David. Okay, what else did you guys see? All right, he lived in Nazareth. He needed to go to Bethlehem. What else? Shirley? They were going to have a baby. What else? Luke? They were espoused to each other. At this point, what that's really telling us is, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. What else do you see in those first couple verses? She delivers, her delivers her firstborn son. Her firstborn son. Her firstborn son. Let the text roll in your mind a little bit. There's lots that we learn from that. What else? Dan? They were living under the authority of Caesar. Excellent. What else do we know? They were of taxable age. They had to pay their taxes. Excellent. What else do you know from this text? Can we discern where she had this baby? Not in the inn. Not in the inn. Where did she lay the baby? In a manger. So what do we assume from that? Where would you find a manger? In a stable. In a place where they keep cattle. In a stable. Excellent. What else do we know? Any, anything else you picked up from that? Okay, let's look at the second question that I had given you. And then we'll, we'll, we'll spend a little more time talking about these. The second question was, how did God work his sovereign plan through Caesar? And what is this helpful? Why is this helpful for us to know? All right, it forced them to go to Bethlehem. What else? Okay, so how did God work his sovereign plan through Caesar? All right, it made them go to Bethlehem. Why is this helpful for us to know? What do we learn from this? How can this encourage us tonight? Pardon? God controls everything. Anyone else want to add to that thought? God works through world leaders. God works through world leaders. Excellent. What else do we see from this text? Luke? 
God can work through ungodly leaders. Excellent. What else do we learn? Anything else you want to add to this? Okay. That's a head scratch. All right. What else? It's so important for us when we read what's going on in the news and we hear what's happening that we never lose sight of our God. God wants us to remember that he is still in charge. And God does something in a very unique way. How can God use the free will of man to make decisions which they were, they were fully freely able to do and God uses those for the blessing of other people? Sometimes you may feel trapped. You may feel like you're in an awful situation. You may feel like you can't handle this, but I would encourage you with this. God is still in control, and your God who loves you and made you on purpose has a plan for you, and you just need to keep charting straight ahead. We're going to see that in just a little bit. As we look at his birth, I want you to notice his birth drew Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. Um, the distance from Nazareth to Bethlehem with a lady that is great, great with child. All right, you just got to let that one settle in for a little bit. The distance is 80 miles. Not on North Dakota land. North Dakota, you just look. And you can snowmobile forever. And, and the big hills that we have around here, I was told that the biggest mountain we have around here is the garbage dump. Okay? So knowing that, and knowing that in, the reason why they always say everyone looks to Jerusalem, go up to Jerusalem is it was the high point, even though it was, it, Jerusalem is just up and down and up and down. It's not the highest point up directionally. But it, it was the high point. Now you go Bethlehem, which is south of Jerusalem, and Nazareth is way north, 80 miles, with a pregnant lady in, not on a monorail, not on even a bus, but on an animal. 80 miles. Do you think that's a trip that Mary and Joseph would have just intentionally made on their own at this time to visit relatives? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, but what's interesting is this was, um, this was a census that was every 14 years. It was a census that was to, for military and for tax purposes, they needed to go to their home city and they needed to give their name, their occupation, what property they owned, what family they were from. And I want you to notice something. So how do you respond when your life is kind of messed up? Look back at chapter 1, verse 38, and I want you to notice what Mary said, and I want you to see how this is now going to take place. Mary said... Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Now she was saying, okay, yes, I'm willing to have a baby. But what she said was, be it unto me as according to thy word. 
all the prophecies of God's word she was signing up for. She was going to have a baby in Bethlehem. I don't know how much of this clicked ahead of time with her. She knew she was going to have the Messiah. I'm wondering if at that point she really started brushing up on all the messianic prophecies. If you were going to have a baby and you knew the baby was going to be the promised Messiah, the only one, the one from back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, if that baby was the one you were going to be carrying, do you think maybe you'd be curious about what the Bible said? And Mary said, be it unto me according to thy word. Everything that the scriptures have prophesied, you're going to be, I'm going to be a part of, is what she was saying. Now, what do we know? Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Tell you what, can I give you several references, and several of you just look these up to where you could just read them for us. Who would be willing to read Genesis 3, 15? All right, Doug, who would like to read Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3? Micah, who would like to read Genesis 49.10? Mark, who would like to read 2 Samuel 7? Uh, tell you what, we're, we're going to skip over that one because that's a larger block of Scripture. How about Isaiah 7.14? Ladies, you're welcome to read Scripture if you would like. Okay, Isaiah 7.14. Who would like to read Micah 5.2? All right. All right, first of all, listen, these are all things, they're, they're just a, just a, 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 the, Scratching the surface of all the things that the scripture said we were going to know about Jesus Christ. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Would you read that, please? And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall move thy head, and thou shalt bruise his seed. What does that passage tell us about the Messiah? Is he going to be an angel? Absolutely not. He's going to be of the seed of a woman. So what do we know? He's got to be human. Second of all, Genesis chapter 2, verses uh, 12, verses 1 through 3. Who's got that? Uh, now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Amen. And you didn't miss a beat while you were having extracurriculars going on. Great job. All right. What do we learn from that verse? Is the Messiah, we know the Messiah is going to be human. Messiah going to be Jew or Gentile? Jew. The scripture said that. I know you know that, but I want you to see the scripture now has taken it from, it could be any human. He's now brought it down to, it's got to be a Jew. It's got to be a Hebrew. All right. Who's reading uh, Genesis 49.10? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall be gathering of the people be. Okay. Now he's gone from all humans... He's gone to Jewish people, but now what has he done? He's compressed it now down to one of the 12 tribes. Which tribe? It's got to be from the tribe of Judah. All right. If we were to look at 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 17, we would find this. He must be of the family of David. Remember, we studied that together when we were studying the book of Ruth. All right. Now, who's going to read Isaiah 7, 14? 
All right? Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. All right, what do we know now? We know he's a human. We know he's a Hebrew. We know he's from the tribe of Judah. We know he is from the house of David. And we also know he's going to be born to a virgin. All right? Now, like I said, we're just taking just a sampling of the prophecies that are there. But can you see how it has taken the whole world and narrowed it down to someone from the tribe of Judah who is born to a virgin? Is this getting pretty specific, folks? Is this getting pretty easy to tell? Who is the Messiah? God doesn't want us to question it. He doesn't want us to think, oh, who could this be? It could be one of 30 people. It could be one of 100 people. No, it couldn't. No, it couldn't. Now, who's reading Micah chapter 5, verse 2? All right, I have just given you six characteristics. What do we now know? What's the last piece that you just learned about? What did it say? He's going to be born in Bethlehem. We're not surprised when we put a person's name, address, city, state, and zip code, and out of all the people in the world, where does that letter arrive, usually? It arrives at my house. People from South Carolina, missionaries from around the world, can send something, and with just those pieces of information, it gets to me. Now, what did we just learn about the Messiah? He's going to be human. He's not going to be extraterrestrial. He will be a human. He is going to be of the tribe. He's going to be from Abraham. He's going to be um, of the tribe of Judah. He's going to be in the family of David. He's going to be born to a virgin. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. Who in the whole world has ever had just those six things? Only Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ. Is there any question about who he is? Can you see from your Bible study, from what you're reading in this short amount of time, your children may say, well, how do we really know that Jesus was the Messiah? You can take them to the first seven verses of Luke and then walk them through these six truths and say, here's the reason why daddy, here's the reason why mommy believes and knows for certain Jesus Christ is the Messiah. You can do that with your children. You can teach your children these important things. Now, we talked about an espoused wife. Now, it would really be odd to be traveling with just someone you're engaged to over that kind of miles. But the reality was, Matthew tells us, Joseph went and he took his wife, but he did not know her. They didn't consummate their marriage until after the baby was born. The term here that we're seeing that Luke uses is a very kind term. He's just saying he was with his wife that he had never consummated this marriage with. They were married, but they didn't have any relationship, physical relationship, until the baby was born. So there would be no question about this. We talked briefly about a manger. It's a place for animals. It's a feeding trough, a stall. Interestingly enough, the word Bethlehem means house of bread. 
What do you know from the book of John? Jesus is the bread of life. Isn't that an interesting place for the bread of life to be born in the house of bread? Isn't that a cool name that God used to just let us know again? Hey, wait, wait, wait. This is the Messiah. This is the house of bread. This is where the bread of life will be born. What else do we know as we keep going? This is an interesting place. It was the place where Ruth was married. It's the place of the adventures of David. It's the place where um, Rachel, uh, Rachel died, where Benjamin was born. But not only did this birth bring Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem, but I want you to notice it drew the angels from heaven in verses 8 through 14. I'm looking to see if I add it in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, I want you to notice, can you imagine with me what the angels thought when they came and they saw the creator of all creation born a created one, born a creature? Can you imagine how the angels had to scratch their head that God Almighty, they were seeing God Almighty in human form? I mean, we just, we sing the songs, we sing all the different things, and I don't think we really, I know I don't let myself really think about the amazing thought of what God had just done, because we've heard about it, we've sung about it, I've heard this since I was just a little bitty baby. But think about what those angels saw. Let's turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, and notice what it tells us. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Would anyone like to read that for us? And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, You know what he's saying? This is an amazing thought. That God was manifest in the flesh. Now let's stop and think for a moment. Why did the angel come and speak to shepherds? The angel could have come to anyone. Why shepherds? Anybody... Have any thoughts, comments on shepherds? Why would shepherds be the choice, Luke? Well, maybe he was going to somebody. Well, I, mean, I know that shepherds um, in that class, if you were born a shepherd or your parents were a shepherd, basically stayed a shepherd. Okay. Was the lowest um, class that you could be in. Sure. Both of those things that you said are true. Any other comments? Pardon? He was the Lamb of God. Excellent. Let's look at the question that we had there, study question um, number three, and that would be list the facts you can know about shepherds from verses 8 through 20. What are some things that we know? They were doing their jobs. They were doing their jobs. Excellent. What else do we know? It was night. What else do we know? They 
They were, they were frightened. What else do we know? Luke? They went and told everybody. What else do we know? Where were they located? In the fields. Near where? All right, they're outside of Bethlehem somewhere. Um, What else do we know? Do we know how many there were? Were there more than one? We do know that, don't we? All right, what else do we know? Steph, were you going to say something? Oh, you were just looking up to see if I was still here. All right, we know that, an, that angels sang to them. What else do we know about them? Maya, you know anything, see anything there? Okay. Do we know if they believed the message or not? We do know that, don't we? How do we know that they believed the message? They went to see the baby. They came away praising God. What else do we know? Did they find the baby? The Bible tells us that it did. What else do we know? How convinced were they? They were so convinced that they took the place of the angels and everywhere they went, they went praising God and telling people what they saw. These were people who were what we would call the hardworking group of people. You didn't trick these kind of people. They weren't sucked in quickly. They weren't in the, they weren't in the circles. These were people who would not be afraid very quickly. These were people who were out in the dark all the time, who heard the lions, who heard the bears, who were wanting to come and eat their sheep. These weren't the people who said, whoop, you can have them. I'm not getting in the middle of this. These were the ones who would defend them. And they were up all night. These were what you would call the salt of the earth kind of people. And these were people who saw and were so convinced that they didn't care who they saw, they told them what they saw. All right, now, let's, uh, let's focus on this for a little bit. We read in, uh, what, verse 10? No, verse 9. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. Now, we don't have the name here. Was this Gabriel? We don't know. Gabriel was the announcer. The Bible, the scripture here doesn't tell us specifically. Um, we, we see that after the angel, then we have a multitude of the heavenly host. And what was the, what was the goal, what was the purpose of the multitude of the heavenly host? What did they come to do? God. They were praising God. And how did they praise God? They spoke or they sang. Glory to God in the highest. And what was their observation? Because the glory of God had returned 
What was available now to men? Peace. Peace. Um, what was the good news that this angel came to tell them? Verse 10. A Savior is born. Not a judge, not a reformer. The thing, the one thing they needed most was a Savior. A Savior. Because with a Savior, what was now possible? Peace. A powerful enough dictator can come in and cause things to stop fighting, but he can't bring peace. Maybe, you know, if he's big enough, it's like on a playground where you get two kids that are fighting, and you get this really big guy that comes in and stands them both out and puts them at arm's length where the kids are still swinging, but they can't hit each other. But that's not peace, is it? What he brought was peace from our own passions. See, my greatest need today is not to keep someone from poking me in the nose. My greatest need today is to give me peace from my sinful self. My own passions. Peace from the grief that's in my heart. Peace from the envy that causes me to look at other people and to look down on other people as we saw on Sunday. This is such an amazing thing. Peace on earth. How could this be? Think about what does John 1.14 tell us? Can anyone look that up and tell us? Tell the group. What does John 1.14 tell us that Jesus did? What did he do? The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And? We beheld his glory. We beheld his glory. Now let's, let's stop and think for a moment. What about, and I'm looking to see if this is this week or if we're going to end up. We're going to come back to this thing on glory because I, I know we can't finish it this week. But I want you to, I want you to see for just a moment. Um, his birth drew the shepherds from the fields. Remember where they said, let us now go even unto Bethlehem. The idea there is that there's some distance there. This was not going to be an easy thing. Who's going to, how far are they going to have to go to go see this thing which has come to pass? One commentator said, this is the first Christmas rush. Um, now, the word in verse 16. Notice what it says there. And they came with haste and found... What does that mean they had to do? They had to search. They had to search for the baby. Now, what were the things they were looking for? They were looking for a newborn baby. They were looking for, and this shall be a sign unto you. Let me, let me help you with this. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Lying in a manger. So what do they, where are they going to be looking? Where are they going to be searching? There is no star that is over the manger, folks. Not at this point. The wise men did that, but he was two years old when that took place. 
So what did they have to do? They had to go. They had to search. They were looking for a newborn babe. They were looking for a newborn babe that was wrapped in swaddling clothes. They were looking for a newborn babe that was lying in a manger, not in the inn, not in a hotel, not in a hospital. Again, do you see how God made this possible? If they would just search, they could find the Messiah. Do you see how God is repeating himself? You see how, remember we talked about, he's going to be a human. He's going to be a Hebrew. He's going to be in the tribe of Judah. He's going to be the, the house of David. He's going to be born in Bethlehem to a virgin. We can know from just those simple traits, ding, 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 Jesus. How many babies would have been born on that night, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger? Probably not very many. Probably one. And what did we find? It says, And they came with haste, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all, that they, had, and all they that heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherd. Verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. What do we find they did? They worshipped and they marveled at God's grace and at God's goodness. And we're going to pause our study here tonight.